0: This, this 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 is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett and I'm
1: Link. Joining us today in our final recording from VidCon is YouTuber, globetrotter, vlogger, and adventure seeker Louis Cole from his channel Fun for Louis. Louis travels all over the world and documents his his experiences, and it's probably not an exaggeration to say he's experienced more things in the past few weeks than most people experience in Mm -hmm. an entire lifetime. Uh, The dude
0: is the real-life version of the most interesting man in the world. Indeed. I think. Uh, In his YouTube channel, Fun for Louie, Uh, which hosts daily vlogs of these traveling adventures. Currently has 1.5 million subscribers and 155 million video views. Uh, Some of his escapades include spearfishing in Australia, swimming with ducks in London. Yes, he did that. Integrating himself into the Himba tribe of South Africa, horseback riding in New Mexico, para skiing in the Alps, and row boating in Vietnam. That's just a few of his adventures. This guy has a good time.
1: And he's not just experiencing the stuff we wish we could experience he's the type of guy you'd want to be experiencing this stuff alongside. He's got a positive outlook, uh, his free spirit, his ability to live every moment to the fullest really inspires his audience to face their fears and break out of their comfort zones. Of course, this made us wonder if Louis has any fears himself, hmm. So we talked to him about that and a few other things, got some great stories. I, I, there's gotta be a sequel with this guy uh, yeah. by the end, but, uh, we talked about the gang face-off that happened on the double-decker bus that he bought and drove around London. <laughs> we talked about- crazy. Uh, Eating many extreme dishes on his now privated or deleted, I think, yeah, Food for Louie channel, including he ate a live scorpion and a live tarantula. Um, that gets controversial and so we unpack all of that. And finally, how his itinerant lifestyle impacts his personal relationships.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one of the uh, best, one of our all time favorite conversations we've had on Ear Biscuits and we know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, but first we wanna take a moment to mention today's sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas.
1: Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24 seven customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code RETNLINK at checkout to get 10% off. Offer code RETNLINK, 10% off Squarespace. Build
0: it beautiful. And now on to the biscuit.
1: Our lives intersecting with yours uh, is difficult because there's one huge variable, and that's your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. Yep. So whenever we get together, which this is this, I mean, we've we passed at at events, but like gotten together to create something like even this is like, oh, this is
0: it immediately feels feels more special because you're such a moving target. Well, but it's like you're the you're the the real life example of the most interesting man in the world that's how i think about it <laughs> oh yeah i, I see that doseki's commercial and he says all these things and i'm like but i know a dude who kind of does all this in it, in real life
2: yeah agree I guess or disagree so. uh i get i mean there's obviously the 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 behind the scenes it's every second of everyday is not as interesting as the videos and the instagrams but yeah i guess this has been the most interesting action packed kind of couple of years of my life this whole YouTube adventure, right? So, okay, so let's let's backtrack from this moment
1: because even if I look at your channel currently, it's it's basically real time. I mean, you're you're within a day. You pretty much loads load something up every day.
2: Yeah, every Sometimes,
1: day. Every single. Do you ever miss a day?
2: I've started to as of the beginning of this year. I just thought you know, it was only me that had set the challenge of doing a daily vlog, okay. um, and then I just thought it become it become little bit unhealthy where i just thought i'm not taking any me time i'm not taking any rest time
1: um okay but still give or take i can look at your channel Mm. and i I may take
2: off like one day a week uh one day fortnight but it's around it's it's at least i'm doing at least six days a week so you
1: got the vidcon madness begins video which has been up about a day because that's you've been in vidcon about that long (laughs) yeah and that's that's almost 15 minutes but then if i backtrack from there i can tell okay you came from hollywood you were riding on. Ho- I'm just just based on thumbnail only. Yeah. You, you can ho- get a lot from your thumbnails. You, yeah. were, you were in Hollywood, um, riding horses, and then that's probably Griffith Park. Yeah. And yep. then you were on the beach doing a cleanup. Is this like a self-imposed cleaning up a section of the beach?
2: It was. There was a charity, and we were helping. Yeah. Do a beach cleanup with them. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then you were doing a GoPro audio test underwater. That was in New York. You were in New York for that. Yeah. Yeah. Doing some rooftop Instagrams. Uh, testing out some of Casey's danger toys, whatever that means. It sounds awesome. He's
2: got these wheels, these electric, you know, those uh you've seen those toys with the wheels and everyone's floating around on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, they yeah. can be dangerous. And your
1: mom was in New York. Yeah. I can tell that. And then you were doing some uh skateboarding but in, in Central Park.
2: I'm like, yeah, I'm like hitching a ride on the back of one of those uh, bicycle taxis. You know, those the guys that cycle around. and. But, but he didn't, they didn't know you were doing it. Not to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made friends. We made friends quite quickly. He was cool.
1: So even, and then before you were in New York, where were you?
2: Uh, I can't remember. Swimming th- with swans. Oh, that was in London. In London. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was yeah, just two who weeks, knew, two who weeks knew, before that. I jumped that. in, uh, there's a lake in Hyde Park and I went swimming in it. There's actually like a, you're allowed to go swimming. And that's not a thing in England usually. Like these are, this is a lake full of ducks and swans. You just look at the lake. Yeah. Usually, but you're allowed but, to swim in it? Yeah, it's like a, a thing. Like I didn't notice a thing. So anyway, yeah, we were, anyway, that was that thumbnail. We were jumping in, swimming with the swans floating around us. But, and, but three videos before that,
1: you, the first video in your London series is called back in london so right before that when you were talking with animals where were you uh, uh to italy
2: yeah italy yeah
1: you were in italy yeah. and and this is over the <laughs> and i'm just i've just taken you through the a previous previous, previous five weeks yeah italy london new york los angeles and then where are you going after vidcon
2: um i am doing a road trip up to um portland and then on the 11th of august i'm going to uh, sierra leone in west africa <laughs> Where the uh, where the o- Ebola outbreak started, but I'm going with the UN and World Vision, this charity. I'm, I'm going to go and uh, yeah, I know World Vision. Interview some uh, some patients that have that have recovered, and it's going to be. I mean, that's going to be a pretty intense one that trip.
1: So, I, we're going to get into like specific <laughs> places and like highlights, yeah. but let's just talk about workflow. Like, mm-hmm. what's your approach? I said, you know, you walked in here, you had your camera, you were kind of leading with the camera, and so what's your general approach like shooting editing all of that Uh, what's your
2: workflow i mean i'll just shoot as much as possible during the day i've just found i'm happy to go through a bit more footage each day to capture those moments and i'd rather capture a little bit too much i think that's my what i figured out over the years of doing this um an interesting one because a lot of it's relational so a lot of it's just meeting people chatting with people all day um and that's a little bit More difficult to capture those the moments you want to share uh, because some of the conversations it'd be weird if I was like like this the whole time with my camera. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the, to be honest, VidCon's an interesting one. You can capture a bit of the party scenes. I go and chill in the hot tub a little bit when I'm on the move and there's a bit more activity to the day and we're moving around a bit and there's a bit you know that's there's a slightly different workflow because I'm I'm explaining a bit to camera how I'm feeling about where I am. I might I might get. Put the camera on someone else and ask them something, and then it's just a montage of clips of what we're up to, and then you know another bit of chat to camera and so then, it's pretty it's pretty edit heavy then if you yeah so a lot of it I mean we had a panel this morning I was with uh, Casey Neistat and uh, Ben Brown and Nadine, and we all do well me and Casey and Ben do daily vlogs, and Nadine does travel vlogging and uh we we were saying it's it's almost entirely in the edit, you know obviously you need to capture. The moments but then it's how you cut that together Uh, and that usually happens for me late at night i'm my problem is i've got that fomo thing where i can't miss out so i couldn't like pull myself away from a party to go and edit i have to wait till everyone's gone to bed yeah which at things like this i mean i couldn't even edit last night we had this amazing conversation with a few of us about how we can change the world together as youtubers and you know having an impact until five in the morning and then I was like... What? Who was who in this bunch? Uh, Jerome Jar. Do you know Jerome Jar? He's uh, the biggest Viner in the world. Uh, and, he's, you know, he's uh, that French guy, tall French guy. He does a really funny... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, his whole thing is making people happy, maybe making people smile, and challenging people to face their fears. So he, like, does, like, public singing, and he goes up to people in public, and, like, I guess pushes them out of their comfort zone. But anyway, we had this... I mean, I won't go into it now, but we had this incredible conversation about... Well, what, well just give us the conclusion. What's the answer? Yeah, how are uh, we changing the world? I mean, we were in bed at 5 a.m., but I want to be a part of this. <laughs> so, my, Okay, so my original point is I haven't even edited yesterday's video yet, so it chops and changes um, when when I edit and the workflow could, depending on what I'm doing. Right. So I don't want it to take over, especially conversations like this, which I'll, I'll explain. The the, the the crux of the conversation was... Um, society's broken, we have got this incredible voice um, with millions of ears potentially between the network of people I was looking around last night at the YouTube party and I was like, I mean, this group of, you know, this small group of people here, we could 100% change the world. You don't need the politicians and the uh, and the big corporates to do it. Like we, we could do it. Uh, and then we had this conversation of what is it that's broken and how do you mend it? And it was all around the subject of um, compassion, um and uh I think the three words which uh my friend Dave, who I'm doing a lot of cool charity ideas with at the moment, and these are his three words, are uh compassionate problem solvers. So finding compassionate problem solvers and getting them to release that in other people and uh I mean, there's. I mean, this was a like we started the conversation at 9:30 and ended at 5 a.m. So I'm struggling to summarize it, but it was. But it was documented. I mean, the cameras were rolling. Well, I I filmed a bit and then I just put my audio on recording because I just wanted to listen back because it was just very exciting. Because there's a lot of amazing people and minds here, and people have had incredible, incredibly different experiences. People from all over the world. But the one thing common is somehow we've built this incredible platform that people seem interested in our lives and what we're up to. And there's this potential to inspire people and make a difference. And I don't know. That's that's where my head's at at the moment. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Let's skip from workflow to kind of what you want to accomplish. You know, mm. it, your environment's always changing. You're always figuring out how to take the footage that you've captured, which is always compelling. But it's but it's a testimony to your editing and all of those, uh, the music and the style that you bring to it. But it's all for a reason. Like mm. I, I really get a sense that you you want to elicit something from your audience. What What is that? What is your goal?
2: It's an interesting journey. I think I started off just wanting to document my life. And at times, I'm just doing what I want to be doing regardless. And then it just happens to be, oh, I've got a camera. I'll just film this whilst I'm doing it. Other times, uh, and what I can fall into and I, I want to avoid is, suddenly thinking, oh, I need to make sure I'm making an interesting video today. So then I'll deliberately choose to do things to make them interesting. And I don't think that's bad in itself because it does motivate you to, ha- you know, have a fun day and, and not just sit in all day. Uh, but I don't want that to be the primary drive for me. Is like, I have to make interesting videos. That wasn't ever the goal. It was just to share my life. I think my my goal and what I would love to do is to inspire people um, when they watch my videos, a lot of people say, oh, you've really helped me face my fears or um, dream bigger or, you know, some of it's about travel and that's my... Like face the fears of jumping off of random rocks. Or, yeah, or, or even, that's the interesting thing. A lot of my videos are literal fears, like, you know, jumping out of a plane and, and going to crazy countries. But I think just, if you just think about fear in general, that's the thing that holds people back in life. Whether it's a fear of jumping out a plane or whether it's a fear of, Leaving your house or me making new friends, and if you say to you know if you if you explain to people it embrace this this pushing out your comfort zone and 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 even if it's scary, do it um a lot of people have said you know I, I wouldn't have even come to VidCon, but you know you watching your videos have uh, you know helped me overcome that um and a girl yesterday said she wanted to go to uh, she'd never left her state and she mm-hmm. wanted to go to university. Uh, in new york and she's like plucked up the courage and she's now got a place and she's going from california to new york in a month's time and she said it's all from this this general feeling of like facing your fears which uh i guess people feel inspired to do so i think this whole thing is like you can watch my life and see what i'm up to and there's this shallow sometimes level of like just pleasure seeking fun i'm jumping off things i'm having you know here i'm there i'm riding horses i'm jumping in lakes but i hope my hope is it 's a lot deeper than that. People can see that my my kind of heart behind it all is embrace life and and be passionate about what you do uh, and hopefully that can inspire others to um to do it in their way. It might not be travel it might be something different well because you know
0: there's an interesting there's an interesting dynamic when you when you watch w- what you do mm. i mean one thing is you might be tempted to think that you don't have any fears you're fearless that guy's fearless i'm scared of everything, but that guy's fearless. And then the second thing might be like, man, I can't go to all those places. How am I gonna have? How can I embrace life and get the most out of life when it's going to the cubicle
2: every day, or you know, whatever situation yeah. somebody
1: might be in, the classroom.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is a tough. That is a tough one. And I think that's why I, if I choose to vlog daily, it means those off days where I'm not going out having adventures, and I might just be sitting at home with my family. And the mm-hmm. most adventurous thing I do is walk down to a coffee shop and get a coffee, which often happens. It yeah. shows that life isn't this adrenaline 100% every day doing the biggest and best thing. It's, there's, there's a reality to it as well. And I think that's why I quite like the daily thing. Right. But what are your fears? You know, in this big conversation we had last night, I realized where sometimes I do think I'm fearless. I realized uh, I realised I need to think about that a bit because I think there's some fears I have which aren't normal. Which aren't a normal classic fears.
1: Well, let let's 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 start to put circle <laughs> some <laughs> candidates. This is a, this is a therapy <laughs>
2: session? <research, isn't it? laughs> well, so, sometimes it is like that. Okay. Um, I think I'm. I think I've got a fear of missing out, that FOMO thing. But I think that goes bigger than just like the party. I think. I think that's recently been. You know, I'm in this incredible position, and I don't want to miss out on the opportunities that I can have and then it's like well what are the opportunities the reality is in my position with i'm i mean brands are contacting me every day saying we want to work with you we want to do projects i could easily draw down um, kind of get absorbed into the world of like just making as much money as possible from this platform which is a tough one because yes i'm i've monetized my videos and i'm earning an income and i've got dreams that require money so i for instance one of them is i want to buy a big plot of forest and build a tree house ewok village in it mm-hmm. and live there because i haven't got a house at the moment i was like who wants a normal house <laughs> i want to live in an ewok village yes of course but yeah. we have been looking but please at, build a guest room we've been, yeah i mean i want to build multiple but we went and looked at a plot of land up in santa cruz which was like i mean it was a big plot of land but it was like half a million dollars and i was like don't have half a million dollars. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, my point is I can work with brands if they work organically with my channel and my viewers are cool with that and understand the principle of me doing sponsored videos uh, and it can work or I can get, I'm like, well, wow, I just do sponsored videos every day. Like, you know, and then I'm just, so that's one of my fears is I don't want to become un- unauthentic and I don't want to alienate my audience and I don't want to kind of sell out to things I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to be on my higher horse and be like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna make money. This, yeah, I'm not gonna make money because the reality is, though it, money isn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be a motivation. But I think it's a brilliant uh, tool and thing that can equip, that can really free you to do think awesome things. So anyway, that's been playing. If, I mean, this is the most. Would to be just... honest, this is the most honest I've been. Oh, no, really. And I, I hope this isn't like a crazy subject to talk about but for no, me, this, that's, is this whole thing's a fear of mine i don't know what to do in this situation i don't know whether to embrace it and just do it all or whether to like step back a bit i'm scared of missing opportunities and i'm scared of what if i if i go, if i do the wrong thing what could happen
0: well the ewok village is a definite yes yes i think so. <laughs> if a brand would pay you w- with an ewok
1: village that's, and take money uh, out of the equation right would that simplify things yeah
2: absolutely yeah
1: <laughs> well, I th- I think that money represents an Ewok village. So yeah. that's still, but, it's, it, but it's like it's an equation. Yeah, exactly. but seriously, exactly, yeah.
0: seriously, I mean, just one a piece of advice I would give just hearing that is, I think that the nature of your content and the nature of you th- the things that you hmm. that you're doing is that there is a really you're concerned about authenticity, and that's exactly, a great yeah. instinct, and you should keep that instinct. It's I think there is a really uh, authentic way to incorporate brands that you believe in into the kinds of things that you're doing Mm. because there's, you know, whether it was like, you know, Red Bull is an example of somebody who does all kinds of adventure things, which there's like a a connection there, but just simple things like if there's something that you use or something that you could help you do the things that you do while you're traveling, like there's a million people out there who'd wanna give you something like that to to talk about, uh, you know, as a sponsor. You have to figure out how to navigate it, but it's like, there is a lot of opportunity there and I don't think that if you if you if you maintain that authenticity you're not going to alienate people I wouldn't think and then we could build that Ewok village yeah. we'll help you we'll we'll come and we'll stay
2: Oh yeah come stay <laughs> we, ne- next podcast should be in one of the tree houses <laughs> Yeah that's right
1: You know and and it's not our job to solve your fears either mm, it isn't i think it's our job to just make you
2: talk about them yeah <laughs> no no i i mean my yeah i just need i need some processing time with as all many sponsors as we worked with though we we are like oh <laughs> you, you definitely <laughs> we, should be
1: we can that. find a way we can <laughs> talk about that more later i i would i will say that i think that the the challenge is to find integrations that the brand already reflects your um your values yeah because a lot of brands yeah, want to, that's a good point a lot of van, brands want to attach themselves to us to you in order to by association um put your values onto them you yeah, know yeah yeah and yeah. that's what you that's what you don't want to do, you know, and that's where it when you when they throw a dollar amount out there, sometimes it's difficult for us to say, oh okay oh, now that there's that amount of money on the table, yeah. well, we gotta, yeah, now com- we gotta have a conversation. Com- we gotta yeah. have a conversation. Right, because there, know, but, there are different but, kinds but of it's brands. not, you can't do that. It can't be about the dollar
0: amount. Right, because there are different kinds of brands. I mean, Coke could come to you and say, we wanna sponsor you, and at that point, it'd be like, okay, why is Louis being sponsored by this huge soft drink? But there are smaller. Because,
1: and their slogan is, is has been enjoy happiness. I right, can see how that would totally totally, work. totally makes sense, but yeah. but does that work for you? And you don't, I, I wouldn't well, answer it, that here. I mean, just, but, <laughs> but yeah. Let's let's. I mean, we, can st- <laughs> we
2: Let's not talk specifics, but the general the general thing is, um, uh, I, I mean, it's been tough. Some some brand things I've worked with. It starts off great. You're like, yeah, I think we're on the same page. By the time the contract sign and you're starting to, you know, you're starting to get things reviewed. Then suddenly everything changes, and you're like, "Well, this was never the plan." Like, and then it's yeah. this stress of like, oh, "I really don't want to start like sc- do it reading lines and scripts oh, yeah. in my." This isn't a fictional thing. This is my life. So this this is the this is the struggle, anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think we yeah, it is, but I think we are
1: getting to a place where there's enough that's starting to work correctly that there's hope that it can be, there can be trust. A brand can actually trust uh, us. Yeah. But, but let's just see if that happens. The other fear of missing out is an interesting one because that's just more,
2: we're going just more inside your head and not inside your wallet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is more of like, uh, I think the other thing is like, well, I don't know if it's quite related, but like it's this whole shiny thing syndrome where I'm like, I arrive at something like VidCon and I'm like, uh, you know, like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, Oh, and it's all about a lot of it's relational. Oh, I need to, I want to go and chat to that person. Oh, look at this person, yeah. and then and also people are coming up to me. They're like, Louis, we want to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, let's talk. And then it's this whole thing of and then it's like meeting my viewers, and it's like exciting, but also sometimes a bit overwhelming. And uh, and it's this whole thing of, i my attention is not in one place for like more than thirty seconds. And um, this is this is rare, <laughs> right here mm-hmm. sitting down and having a conversation because I usually. So ask- you're,
1: you're you're scared of missing out because why you know is
2: the. Uh- So what? I think part of it's just wanting to make the most of everything, you know, and make the most of life. And I mean, this is great. I haven't really. I don't know. I don't. I don't know is the is the answer. But yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, (laughs) well,
1: let's see if we can derive it because now I have a theory that as a youngster you were locked in a dungeon and deprived (laughs) of all sorts of stimulation. So now you're just making up for it at like age eighteen. So let's see if we can get there. Back, yeah. Back, so, yeah, how, how oh, okay. did you how okay. did you
0: become Louis? I mean, how did you become this guy that is the most
2: interesting man in the world for real? <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you from? Um, no, I, I mean, l- brilliant family, really close with all my family, um, loving home. I was like always you say brilliant and not like a, like extremely smart, but like just like you,
1: like in the British way of brilliant. It's like, like when Charlie
0: like, says lovely, he doesn't mean lovely, he just means great.
2: I mean, great. Yeah. Great. Got it. Great family. Uh, <laughs> So I'm sure they're smart too, though. Yeah. Um, Or they're British. Quite quite a typical, like grew up in the suburbs, middle class, didn't have loads of money. Um, My dad's been a a high school teacher his whole life. Uh, He's actually been, I think, like 33 years teaching at the same school. And we've always lived in the same house. So this is a very, you know, um, in terms of like, in terms of security, it's just been same house, same town I grew up in um it's it's been nice it's been great but also this had been running strand of like my parents have been quite supportive and encouraged all of us to think outside the box um I've got uh two sisters as well um so it's like thinking outside of the box and as a kid I remember I was like I love rainforests I love jungles I'm obsessed with like jungles so they let me completely transform my bedroom into a rainforest I had like a running waterfall I, I lived in a cave. I painted <laughs> trees all over the walls. I had a pet iguana roaming free in <laughs> my amazing.
1: room. Oh, As long as he didn't leave the threshold of your door, that was yeah, his and after, terrarium. Yeah, I mean, where
2: did that idea come from? I don't know. My head. I mean, I just always loved... I was always in... As a kid, I was always in another world. Like, I was in Fantasyland the whole time. Like, I just daydreamed my, my way through my childhood. I was just always playing games even at school, I imagined I was I was a spy in a military camp. Like every day, I was like, I just create this uh, fantasy world around me. To it wasn't an escapism. I just it was saw fun. this. I love seeing the magic in the world around me. Yeah, it was fun. It I just loved. hit
0: me that Rainforest Cafe could be a sponsor. Yeah, just, no, I love them. No. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I went. I went to. They've that, yeah. been a big. I've always loved the Rainforest. Cafe. Have you been cafe. there? Because yeah, it's one kind of London. Sad. It's like your room.
0: But they serve food. Yeah, the food isn't great though. But you know, but it is no, you're it's right. a fun atmosphere. But
2: it is like my room. that was that is my room. My room was like the Rainforest Cafe. Um, but and then it's been, I guess, just crazy ideas I've had that don't fit into the normal. Like so, uh, let's fast forward ten years. Like um, I bought a, a double decker bus, like the you know the London double decker buses. Uh, got That's some, quite a fast forward. I bought a bus. Got some friends. Got bus. some friends to paint graffiti all over the outside, and then I used to run. Uh, And help with young people and like bad neighborhoods around London, like gangs. And we, and I set up a music studio in there and we like, I used to like help with youth clubs and churches and different people. Did you, did you drop out of high school in order Uh, to do this? No, no, this is that I'm fast forwarding past high school. No, I, I did. I didn't go to university though. That's the interesting thing. And a lot of my friends I've talked to that are doing bigger things, you know, entrepreneurs and they've set up big world, potentially world impacting things. Didn't do degrees. I didn't go to university, hmm. which is a common thread with a lot of my friends at home.
1: But your parents kind of stoked that flame of instinct oh, always for you to just it. Yeah. invent it, it
2: and then do it. Yeah. Invent whatever you want to do and do it. Yeah. So what was... Was the double-decker bus the first example of that? I mean, it's multiple. Like, I remember wanting to do something really fun for my uh, 21st birthday. Uh, and we could try and rewind. I'm trying to think what else. So my jungle bedroom, teenage years... Uh, I did a, I did a, I did like a work placement instead of university. And then, um, where was that? Where'd you work? Uh, I, I did like 3d animation. I worked in an office in, uh, for sky TV. Oh really? So it was all like, cause I love graphics and visual stuff. Was that before or after you were homeless for the first time? This was before. Okay. So anyway, then I left, then I left the corporate world of like, I mean, it was fun. It was visual. It was graphics. But it was still an office, and it was—I had a cube, not a cube, well, almost a cubicle. Like it was an office, and I just had the mm-hmm. same seat every day. But then I thought, oh, you know, I'm, this isn't me. I can't do this anymore. So after two years there, I just left. I thought oh, I can, I can save some money because at that point you're like, what's important to me? I'm paying rent, and it made it made me challenge everything I knew about society. I was like, wait, hang on, I don't, I don't think this has to be the way that I'm told it is. Like I think I can just decide what I believe um so the belief that i needed a house because i was like that's a big outgoing you know renting a house so i just bought a a minivan and i just thought i can just live in here (laughs) and it's free so i I left and your parents said well my they were supportive they were like they were like well we know you're skilled enough to go back into a workplace if you want to but in the meantime go and have fun um and you know that i've got a funny story so i went and lived in this minivan for a few years drove around europe with all my friends um Literally survived on maybe $20 a week. I was like eating cans of food. And I just thought, I was like, I can live for free. Who needs money? And it was this whole thing of like, I just want to... F- my At that point, I was like, time is so much more valuable. And I I remember leaving my job and thinking, with all the time in the world, I can do anything. I can I can literally take over the world. Not in a... not In a, <laughs> in a good not, way. Yeah, in a good way. I can just do anything. Um, and you still got to
1: put gas in that minivan.
2: Yeah. And that's... Because I was always traveling with friends, I would be... I'd literally pull it in a gas station and be like, um, can everyone just donate uh, put in like one dollar? I mean, I'm talking American for your fuel's for sake. Can everyone give me one pound to put in for fuel? So I'd get everyone to chip in, we put £10 in the tank. It was literally like that. I remember often running out and and often having nothing and going hungry. But I love this testing the limits of what do I need and how can I adapt to create more time in my life. So it's this whole experimental time. Uh, then I got I had this vision for the double decker bus. I told everyone, I was like, I'm gonna get a double decker bus. But I you know, you need you need uh ten thousand pounds or whatever to eighteen thousand dollars, even to do that. And then someone came up to me and they said, We love your vision. Here's the money. <laughs> Which was awesome. Yeah. What I was, do you mean someone came up to you? Well, I I was I was uh involved with circles of people that like want to do cool things, right? So someone showed their friend, he showed their friend and that I found this uh almost like a foundation that wanna support cool projects. Um and they said, "We love the idea. Here's some money." And it was like, literally, wrote me a check. Now, is
1: there a, a a belief system that your parents kind of put in place that kind of kind of formed the structure for this? Was it just your parents saying,
2: "Go off and have fun," or you know, was there something else? Well, I mean, I won't go super into this, but like my and on a personal level, I have like a kind of a faith. Uh, like, a, I grew up in church, and like, okay. I think part of that mentality of seeing a bigger picture to the world. It's not just the here and now. It's like, there's more going on. And and I think that's what I always thought, this sense of magic. There's a spiritual realm. There's more going on. And I later on read books like The Secret where you're like, you know, you're like putting things out there. And, you know, when you, or it's like having, even if you don't want to put it in terms of God and stuff, like if you have a belief in, belief that you can do something and that something's going to happen, I honestly feel like you can make, Things can happen, you know. Like you can almost will things to happen, mm-hmm. whatever. Whether you believe that's like a Spiritually, spiritual, spiritual, yeah. Whether you believe that's like a spiritual, like God's got a path and He's, you know, doing something, or, or whether it's just a law of the universe, or, or whether something. it's a law of the universe, or however you perceive it. Because um, i don't want to like preaching my personal beliefs, but like however you well, perceive it. I know it. that uh, you gave. There's a Jesus shout out in your draw my life. Well, I just that said you were inspired. Well I just Jesus. wanted yeah, I mean I just wanted to explain I wanted to mention it because for me personally, that is a massive impact on my drive and motivation. What's difficult in in society is there's a lot of uh connotations and 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 assumptions when you label yourself if I labelled myself a Christian, for instance, it's you just you know, it's just like such a a negative thing a lot of I, baggage a lot of stuff and also there's like the whole republican christian south you know southern american thing uh state you know everything all of that uh, for me i i i like the idea of you know jesus was an incredible character whether you believe he was the son of god or whether you believe he's just this cool guy that did some awesome stuff or, or whatever like so when i say i'm inspired by jesus and i want to follow what how he taught to live i don't i feel like that can't be that offensive for people
1: I think he did drive
2: a double-decker bus too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> so it's somewhere. all coming together. Um, yeah, but if you look at, even but you, you got at, the bus. So I got the bus. Yeah, let's go back to the bus. So we got the bus, um, and from this motivation of like, I want to, you know, growing up, being taught as a kid, it's bigger than you. It's look at the world around you. We care for people, love people. This is the whole message I grew up with. Like, it's about loving people, and then I'm like, well. Whilst I was in the minivan, like driving around, I'd meet these kids on the street which had nothing. hadn't didn't have good homes. Some of them had left, you know, run away from home or whatever. I remember sleeping under a uh, uh like in a highway, like in those, you know the like the highway, uh the bridges that go over yeah. the highways and there's like little tucked in there, I remember this kid was like distraught, he'd run away from home for some reason. The police were after him and I um I don't know how I found him. Anyway, I had this conversation with him and ended up having a conversation on the phone with the parole officer his police person that was trying to look out for him and and just I just thought wow there's people really like in much more way more broken situations in their life and they're like struggling and I just thought I I can help I can try and help and love them in some way and then I just thought this idea of oh if they had a place to come that wasn't like this set location like run like government run youth club which there's so many restrictions and paperwork and I just thought oh I've got some friends around me as well that love to help and I just wanted to set up. And I thought, oh, I could live in the double-decker bus as well because it's much more spacious than the minivan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so made I made the van work. you can make a double-decker bus work. Yeah. Double-decker bus, had some – it kicked, kitted it out. I mean, I need to show some pictures in a minute. These guys can't see. But um, anyway, so I just thought it'd be great Had to have this safe space that I could pull up in the neighborhood. Kids could jump on board. Um, it, it, it was all safe. Like, we had often volunteers. I, I even worked alongside the police. The police said at one point, this is the best thing we've ever seen like (laughs) this project so it was like working alongside people already in the areas like charities churches the police the council and um just helping support young people often through just having somewhere to sit down have a drink have a like a hot drink of hot chocolate or something or play a computer game or want to they want to record like we were like making cds of their music at the time and so that was my motivation was this how can i love people in an interesting way that's not you know it doesn't fit into the norms of society necessarily but it's and, like and how did the bus work like it was okay i'm going to drive up under this bridge and say hey guys i got a double decker bus come on you, get I, in i had this sound system that was so loud because i also used i forgot i used to dj a little bit as well just at parties for fun so I had this sound system that was so loud the, the bass speakers could set off car alarms as we drove past. <laughs> so you could drive down the road and like all oh, the cars inside the, the road <laughs> the car alarms would go. So you just start pumping music and people would come flooding. And then I had a microphone and I just hand it to a kid. I was like, Do you like rap, do you MC, do you? and I just give them a microphone and then suddenly there'd spontaneous MC battle on the street and it ha- it would happen all the time. And then and then I found I'm not Just around London. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't see myself as a like an entrepreneur, but I, I, I soon found a way to fund it all um, by kids saying, "Can I rent this for my birthday party?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, yes, you can." So on the you weekends, you didn't dress up like a clown, though, did you? No. On the weekends, I used to drive around kids for their birthday parties and teenagers, and used to rent the bus out, and that used to cu- that used to fund the whole project. It was brilliant, and they would, and I even got a, a message on my Facebook. Uh, and it said five years ago, this is like l- last week, five years ago, you, uh, drove me around in your bus for my birthday party. It was the best night of my life. Oh, that's, <laughs> uh, that is awesome. And I was like, wow. Uh, okay. Really?
1: And so, but that didn't last forever.
0: We'd like to take a quick moment to break in and mention our sponsor who helped make today's episode possible, Squarespace.
1: Yeah, building a website can be tough and even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio,
0: a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, You need a website. And lucky for you and us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites. They provide simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. Now we've had a number of versions of RhettandLink.com. Over the years, yeah. And this latest version, Design using Squarespace is by far the sleekest and coolest one yet sleekest. it's coolest. sleek and cool. go check it out redlink.com
1: Squarespace gives you 24 seven online support and a beautiful website for only eight bucks a month. You can even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for a year. So start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today.
0: And make sure to use that offer code Rhett Link to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Ear Biscuits. And thanks to Squarespace for showing their support of Ear Biscuits by being a sponsor. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: This episode is also brought to you by Zevia. Zevia is the naturally sweetened soda with no sugar, no calories, and it's also non-GMO project verified.
0: Zevia is available in 15 delicious flavors, including cream soda, black cherry, cola, ginger ale, and even a tonic water, and a whole lot more, all with zero calories. It sounds like you might need a Zevia right now because is there something in your (laughs) throat? Yeah, let me get my (laughs) Zevia. Now,
1: now we got a case and we put them in the fridge here at the office and they were gone by the next day. I didn't even get to try all the flavors, but I did try grape, which is my current front runner. That's my favorite.
0: I tried cream soda. I enjoyed it. That's as far as I got, and everybody else drank them all. Uh, I think we're gonna
1: have to stock our secret fridge in our office so oh, nobody can get to yeah. it. yeah,
0: and you should stock up on some Zevia for your secret fridge too. Uh, go to zevia.com slash podcast because they're giving away thousands of free six packs. Now that's not a six pack for your your belly—that is an actual six-pack of Zevia, which, because there's zero calories, could help you in your quest to have an actual six-pack. Who doesn't like the sound of coming home to a surprise soda on your doorstep? Head over to zevia.com/podcast to get yours. That's zevia z e v i a dot com/podcast. Now on to the biscuit. So you were yeah you were doing the double decker bus thing, uh-huh. and then yeah, how did that
2: come to an end? So, um. It was it was pretty full on. It was most evenings a week and then every weekend was busy for me doing that. I struggled to delegate and build a team around me. Uh, so I was the driver, always. I never. I sometimes took someone to help me with security because, I mean, the stories I could tell you about, the craziness that with working with urban, like, bad neighbourhood young people... Well, tell us one. I, I mean, okay. Uh, What's the craziest one? I mean, there's one, so... It's similar to American. The gang problem in London isn't as severe and there's not guns, so that helps. But they, they still, there's still this like turf. The gangs don't have guns either? I mean, uh, yeah, they, 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 some of them do, but not like, not, not everyone. Not everyone's carrying a gun. Okay. Um, but they can get hold of guns illegally. So anyway, so I was working, I was living in South London at the time um, and I'd worked in this neighborhood where there's this particular gang and I'd built relationships with a lot of the members, and was just trying to be a positive influence in their life. But it's—I mean—it's a crazy structure, like the drug dealing, the, the 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 hierarchy, everything. So I took a bunch of them out for their one of the—it's one of their birthdays. I was like, "Oh, I'll take you. I'll just take you out." Because it wasn't like they weren't renting it. I was just like, "Come on, let's go and yeah, do something freebie for, your birthday. for the gang." Yeah, freebie for the gang. I kind of see where this is Anyway, going. so we go off into <laughs> London. Double decker bus. Go of the off game. into London, <laughs> pumping music. Some of them are like emceeing. Often when I stop the bus, people crowd around and then other people want to join in. So often it will be there'll be spontaneous emcee battles with people on the street that just happen to be walking past and it attracts people over. So anyway, there's like this other gang that kind of show up and they start mm. like emceeing. And then Did they so- have their own double decker bus? <laughs> no, they're just walking along the street and then and then... And somehow they ended up in the bus, mm-hmm. and on the same deck, probably. No, so no, this is the thing. There's two decks. There's okay. the, the original. Double. They, the, did, or, they did separate. The original gang members were chilling upstairs. I'm like, oh, okay. no, no, they're probably playing on the PlayStation or whatever. This other gang. Oh, there's a PlayStation.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, thanks for the, mentioning. Oh, that. there's like a 52 inch plasma <laughs> screen oh, at this. One.
2: Anyway, so downstairs, this other gang came in and they start like chat, like MCing on the mic, and then they start representing their ends, which is like their neighborhoods, and they start shouting out. Cause there's this turf war, right? Oh, so they're like North London, North London. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, cause my, my gang is from South, <laughs> South London, London. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, I'm just gonna, ju- I'm just gonna, I pulled over. I'm just gonna go upstairs and check that this is this is safe, like that, because I can kick them off. I can come down. Like, yeah. walked upstairs. The gang I would originally came in had pulled over balaclavas on their face. Five of them, blacked out, all black balaclavas, black, mask. black masks. I don't know if you, ha- yeah, okay. in England we call them balaclavas. So it's just the eye holes, the mouth. Where you're gonna do a robbery or something, right? And oh and they pulled out like knives, and I'm like, I'm like, whoa! Well, I'm glad well, you went upstairs. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, 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 guys, guys, chill, chill. Like, this isn't, this is not happening. You are not having a gang fight in my bus, like. And I, because I built relationships, and <laughs> they, they actually respect me. So I'm like, so I'm like, take those masks off, calm down. <laughs> I can tell these other guys to like get off. Like, this is fine. You know, we don't need to start a fight over this. But what was crazy is they ended up making friends. <laughs> they came down. It was all chilled. And I was trying to be like, look, you don't... Like, why are you fighting? Because you live in a different area. This makes no sense. I think in a gang's thing, maybe, like, there's drug territory where they, they right. there's dealers and stuff. Anyway, I managed to, like... There's an ecosystem of yeah. I, mani- I managed to somehow... Make this bond over the music. that well, everybody's equal over. on
0: a double decker bus. Once you get on the same deck,
2: and also because we're driving around, we're driving in and out of different areas, and there's no, we're not in like, oh, you're in my location, you're it's in like my location. Yeah, we're just yeah, you're, con- you're
0: confusing them. They're going in their territory, then they're going in somebody else's territory. This is like the most genius gang solution yeah. there's ever been.
2: So, I mean, I drop them all off at the police I've had, <laughs> I've had to like, I've had to like confiscate weapons off guys. Um, I've had to like break physically break up fights. Um, it's been, it was a crazy time actually. I mean, I should probably write some of these stories down, but, uh, but it sounds like, um,
1: logistically it started to become too much to manage.
2: Yeah. And I think it was just, yeah, it was tiring. Uh, I felt like I'd, I was achieving the bigger thing I'd wanted to. Uh, and then what happened was the, the, the YouTube stuff started alongside this right so i with some friends started eating crazy things just as a it was just it was never my thing it was just like a silly thing i did it was this whole thing of like questioning society why can't i eat a spider let's face my fears you know and so the the first thing you ate was mm. a what i actually drank a but on my on my food for louis channel which is the first channel i had on youtube um it was we had some old footage on a, a mobile phone of me like eating a little spider off the floor and it was just just, just to be
1: for just c- c- it, was never me- up.
2: it was never meant for youtube it was just me messing around with some friends and they'd be like eat that spider it's a day right so i'm like okay okay because okay. i'd already at that stage I'd already like gone jungle trekking um and traveling and like i'd seen like there's this why not i can eat spider and and anyway so i did that and then you you had seen people eat a spider probably yeah exactly so then i did that and then i so we had a few clips that we put on uh, youtube because we we're just like oh let's why don't we make this a thing and then my friends were egging me on and they were like um they were encouraging me uh, and then i drank a whole bottle of wasabi sauce uh, and then things started getting more, and more extreme was this? this was 2000 maybe 2011 okay uh maybe so, maybe end of 2010 there yeah so you had this this footage off of youtube mm. you start the channel you can
1: call it food for louis because yeah. hey you already had some eating stuff yeah and then they just keep so giving the, you more stuff it kind of it so it es-
2: escalated alongside the stuff so i was only doing I sw- snowballed I meant it was to like say. yeah it was like once a once a week and i'd be doing my bus thing still a week and then once a week go around my friend's house what am i going to eat this week oh we bought you a box of crickets <laughs> see if you can eat them all or you know and then it just escalated and people were suggesting things in the comments that's when the, vi- the video started going viral a little bit and then that's when we realized we we're like huh this is this could be a thing. Like Oh yeah, people like this. There's people like this. And also at this point, a few other UK YouTubers reached out to me because I'd starting to get some traction and interest. And these were the young like the younger guys that were coming up. So there's this whole crew in, in England. And it was just the perfect timing and they wanted to make friends with me. And I was like, Huh, so what do you do? What do you eat?
1: <laughs> I had no idea.
2: And they were like, Oh, no, no, we did you know we vlog in our bedroom and I was like I didn't even know there was people on YouTube. I just watched music videos on there or like cat videos uh, so, uh, or like fail compilations. Uh-huh. Um, so, I'm like, oh, okay. So, you're chatting in your bedroom. What do you eat? <laughs> yeah. So, you're chatting in your bedroom. And you're not eating the mattress or jumping
0: out of the window. You're just talking. Yeah, just talking. I'm okay, like, huh, oh, right. okay,
2: interesting. Um, so, I chatted to these guys and that's when um, I came to, I think at this point, it might have been 2012. I came to a VidCon anyway. As food for louis and um met a bunch of the american youtubers and i was like this is an amazing community and at this stage i got in a ton of trouble in the uk for what i was eating i actually got uh threatened with arrest taken to court for eating a goldfish which in Eng- england is actually illegal so the rspca showed up at my house it was, they always had it was it was live and swimming it was swimming around i poked it out of the bowl chomped it up quickly and in my opinion, still didn't cause it distress or, or like, pain, like, unnecessary pain. You didn't if you, swallow it live. You no, bit just it. No, I bit its head off. So, and then you swallowed it. Yeah, then I ate it all. So, <laughs> in my theory, my, my thing was, if you're going to eat meat, don't be naive and think that the animal's not dying for you to eat that, right? So, my, I took it to the extreme of, like, well, I didn't like the fact that I'm killing this animal. That's not what I'm finding pleasure in. It was just pushing the limits of, like, how can I challenge myself? to think outside the box and eat something crazy. And it turned out I en- ended up eating live animals like scorpions and spiders. And that's what I think a lot of the variability of the videos is like. Okay. People thought I was a psychopath, right?
1: Well, okay. So let's let's explore a few of these. Because <laughs> that, f- that was our first that was the introduction. You, yeah, that was, yes, introduction.
2: was uh,
0: I think the tarantula one was the first one. And I was just I, so you know. So I, there was, I, tell
1: and I couldn't
2: us, stop watching. I had, I had about, to watch all of them. Tell us about the tarantula. That was the the most scary, one of the most scared time in my life. Because this tarantula was, this was, when when we bought it from the pet shop, right? Uh, they they wouldn't handle it. They were like, you can't handle this species of, of spider. These, these, it was like some Brazilian, I can't remember exactly what it was. Anyway, so they kind of like, kind of put, you know, two of them were like standing back, pushing it into this plastic case. Uh, I walked home with it, did a bit of research, like, a, the tarantula's dangerous? And it was mainly like, you know, they're not fatal. It hasn't got fatal poison, but it w- it's going to hurt a lot if it bites you. And especially around your mouth, throat area, like, I'm like, oh, they swelling. Yeah, they're, I can see there being a serious danger here. Also, it has these hairs all over it that can, like, flick. It flicks at, at it predators. Fires it fires barbs. It fires barbs, yeah, at, at predators to, to deter them, right? So I'm thinking all of this. I'm like, mm, yeah, this is scary. And, and what was the biggest... Most ambitious thing you had
1: done up to that date?
2: I'd eaten the scorpion already, which was again scary because of the stinger uh, oh, and the, and the pincers, and it grabbed my mouth. Yeah, it well, grabbed well, your what, mouth.
1: Started, tell us about right, the scorpion. I started on the
2: crickets, right, live crickets, and I, as a kid, I'm pretty sure I've eaten, or I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'd like eaten live crickets and things in the garden or whatever. Like, yeah, sure, like our accident. kids do. <laughs> well, was, you know, I mean, there's the,
1: there's the statistic. Everyone's eaten X was, number of spiders why, during their I, sleep. I sleeping.
0: Yeah, I think that's But fair. the
2: scorpion was. What What type of scorpion? Did it, it have the stinger? It was an emperor scorpion. It's the biggest species of scorpion. It had a stinger. Uh, so it, I upgraded from. I think I'd done. I might have done cockroaches before that, which were pretty vile. Like, the taste was pretty vile. But the, <laughs> the, the, the scorpion was the first kind of arachnid predatorial little thing that I'd eaten where I was like, this is going to attack me rather than just, mm, yummy yummy. Like in,
0: in the video, you hold it by its tail so yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, the stinger yeah. and then begin to drop it down and into it your mouth my tongue. and the, the pincers grab your tongue yeah. and
2: then you just kind of like bring it right in and just... And yeah, yeah. It. I mean, that was scary. Uh, but as soon as... I, I had the stinger because the stinger is the dangerous part, right? So you ate everything up into the up stinger. Up the stinger, pop that out, put it on the plate. The great thing of these videos, I mean... I'll fast forward to why I moved away from this. And then I've actually now taken these videos down, which I'll I'll explain in a minute. But they, it was all my friends were crowded behind the camera laughing and egging, you know, but there's a lot of banter. They were like saying funny things. That was part of the fun of it. It wasn't, um, do you know Bear Grylls? He does like the man versus wild. Yeah. So the whole time I'm like, this is no different from going out into the jungle, pulling over a tree stump and finding a spider and then you know eating it which he does all the time so everyone's like wow like he's showing us how to survive well if bear grills jumped off a cliff would you (laughs) he did way in my opinion way more extreme things than i did but kind of got away with it as like oh he's out in the wild right i'm like oh i'm just in my friend's living room like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you bought it at a pet sitting on the couch yeah but it's the same thing it's just it's it's just a weird out of context right so the Scorpion ate calls Tarantula next step up because now, I can't the, hold the sting of the Tarantula right? It's got two it's got massive the teeth, yeah. fangs. Like, just these are question, like an inch long fangs. Just a question about the Scorpion. If it's got venom that can come out of the stinger, when you eat it, isn't that venom... No, it's in, all in the thing. It's all it's, in the also, 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 there's a difference between being injected into your skin like a venom and poison it's different so you can some venom like once you digest it it breaks down it's like protein whatever like okay. so i did enough research to be like i'm pretty sure this isn't gonna poison me it's not a poison it's just you know it's just if it stings you that's like you know like bees stings are acidic or whatever it injects this acid into. i'm pretty sure your stomach can cope with that kind of, if i ate a bee i don't think that would hurt either like as long as it didn't sting me on the way down but yeah. you had to find this out. There's only yeah, so much you we, can wiki. Yeah, I know. And we, I mean, we really didn't do much research either. And the part of that was part of the fear, of yeah, because like, you did say pretty sure. I was yeah. pretty sure it wasn't. Well, we had me. this whole joke. There's a guy on the show. I mean, I was a doctor, can, right? We can move in, in a minute. But he wasn't a doctor. He was my friend, and we called him the doctor. The doctor, <laughs> and we were like, "Is this cool?" And he's like, "Yeah." It was this whole like very like blasé, like, "Yeah, sure, yeah whatever." Like it was. And we made a whole joke of it. Um, he actually, when these videos started go viral, his his employer asked him to not be on the videos anymore. Uh, asked him to step away because they didn't feel it was they he was representing the company, you know. He he asked, they asked him to stop be, appearing on them. So, we at one point replaced him with a dog, my friend's pet dog, <laughs> who was just like there in the, in the same the jacket, jacket, just looking like accomplished looking the, the same thing. Yeah, we're like, you. Do you, is this cool? And the dog was just like, looking like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he, the dog gave the okay Yeah, okay. Um, so,
2: now re describe the tarantula. So, the tarantula, um, it's got these poisonous barbs or whatever, and it's got these fangs. And I'm like, oh, if I don't eat this correctly, it will bite me because they're ferocious and it's a very vicious kind of attack thing Like you shouldn't handle it. I, I looked online. I, I researched uh, eating tarantulas. I found these Amazonian kids. They would pull these tarantulas out the holes in the ground. And, and the way that they, the way they grabbed them, I was like, really? I was like, oh, okay, this is how you grab I a tarantula. I always wondered why you grabbed it. I was like, how did he figure this out? So these kids, like, what they do is they, they pin it down. So you push, push your finger on it back and they, they pull its legs up. So it, all its legs are above it. Yeah. So it can't like, run away and it can't grab it. So, and then you just pick the legs up and they all like, you know, bent backwards. Um, you know, I, I think... So all think... the legs are pointing toward the palm of your hand and yeah. you're holding it. And then it, you're and holding it and then up. it's almost like a lollipop. It's like the legs of the, you know, and then <laughs> and it's, it's almost, this body. And you are got, then, got yeah, the underside of the... the underside the... of the tranche. But then the fangs It's exactly were... like a lollipop. It's a, it's a spider lollipop but the but the the fangs were still there and I was like if I I need to also I don't like the idea of causing unnecessary pain to animals I eat meat right so in my head I'm like right I eat meat I never research how that meat's been killed the reality is and for and the sad reality is for a lot of us we eat meat we don't research where it's come from it's come from slaughterhouses it's come from you know battery chickens where they don't get looked after they're in agony their whole lives often so for I got a lot of criticism for my channel by the way like people hated it and not. Yeah. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. It was very controversial. But my thing wasn't like I'm going to torture this spider. I'm going to pull its legs off one by one. And then you know, you know, I just was like, my thing was, I'm just going to eat it as fast as possible. I don't want to put it through unnecessary pain. Um, so within seconds, my idea is within seconds I want it to be dead, right? And also, and you're explaining this on camera. I'm, yeah, yeah. Some of it, yeah. Some and then of- I'm like, I don't want to. Also, don't want to get bitten. <laughs> so I'm like, if I just bite its head off, <laughs> quick, <laughs> you know. So I'm like hovering, hovering in front of my mouth. This is where I like, I honestly black out. I can't remember what happened next. Uh, and I can really? watch it on video, but I blacked out from the fear because I'm like, if I don't, if I like miss, if I miss my mouth or something and then it sinks, it fangs into my lip. Like that's what I'm scared of. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, I got a spider bite in my mouth. Like imagine like, and then and then the the barbs, I'm like, this could go all over my face. My whole face could swell up. So I'm, these are real real things that could happen, right? But I just went for it. As you know, you know, shaking. My friend who was filming was the one of them guys at the back of the room shaking like he, oh, didn't, yeah. he
0: <laughs> Even right now, as you
2: talk about it again, I'm like kind of backing away from you. So, I yeah, bit the of head off. Um, all done. Um, really scary, but uh, yeah, done. Well, no, n- not really. Oh, and then you had then, to get it down. Then you got to actually chew it and, chew it and consume it. At that point, once it's dead, I don't know, it's not going to bite me. I'm chewing. That's fine. That's just...
0: Because did you also do research or at least ask the dog that if it was okay, that once you bite the head off, not only can it not bite you, but it can't, like, fire its barbs because um, I would be afraid about the
2: barbs coming out off of the legs as it was trying to get down my throat. I honestly didn't research it. I just assumed once I got it in my mouth, those things, spike, spiky things wouldn't be as bad. But <laughs> were I that, No, I, it was all right. It was actually okay. Um, what was the texture like? Was it like the paper legs mache? Were, the legs were quite chewy. Um, the, the, the bulb, the, the bit at the back, like the... I don't know what that is. Yeah, the spider butt was was squidgy and like uh, goopy, and it had like it was like um, creamy inside. I don't know. It had spider (laughs) juice inside of it. Yeah. And what was the taste? Uh, It was kind of tasted. I don't know, like mushrooms. I don't. I can't really explain the taste. It wasn't. You were blacked out. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Anyway, let's not let's not spend too much longer on it. But the fact is, I did all these things. I got in a lot of trouble because. You know, and what I was going to say is the RSPCA, which is the Royal Society of Prevention Against Cruelty to Animals, it, showed yeah. up at my house. They came here with freaking with like, house. yeah, I don't know how they found my house with an f, literally an FBI-style file on me, like literally show me, flick through documentation, every and every video, like you know. And their point was, they were like, we we're against what you do, and you've taken it too far. And they were waiting to pin something on me. They so, were waiting to pin something on you. Yeah, so they were waiting to pin something on me. They. um... So this goldfish thing, right? They're like, this is in the UK illegal. Now, what I could have done is say, well, I didn't film it in the UK. <laughs> Filmed in France or something, you know? Because I was traveling at the time. I was doing different things with friends. But I was like, something in me was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I, I did film this. I don't think there's a problem with it, right? And if, if I'm going to get in trouble, like, I find that a bit ridiculous. Like, you can go fishing in the UK. You can catch, you can shove a hook through a fish's mouth, pull it out of the water, slap you know uh stab it in the head mm-hmm. take it home cook it and eat it i'm like stabbing it in the head with a knife and and, ch- and chomping it and biting his head off with my teeth can i can i catch a fish in the river with a hook take it out and then bite his head off and then take it home and cook it and eat it you know yes, this is my whole this is my whole theory right so i'm like why pulling it out and biting his head off and then eating it how is that illegal i don't understand anyway they took me to court <laughs> They took me to court, and it was in all the tabloids, all the newspapers, national press. It was like psycho guy, you know. Eats. I was like hammered by the press about it, and no one was on my side because it's not like I'm standing for an important issue here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, like who's this weird guy, and he's eating goldfish. This is this is wrong. England's big on animal cruelty, but so am I. I don't want to cause animals' pains, but but then I'm like, I also I am also a meat eater. And I know I animals are dying for me to eat. This is my point. This is my whole the premise of like. Are you making this point from the witness stand? Yeah, I'm like talking to the judge, and he thinks it's ridiculous. But they're spending the the charity is spending and the he he thinks their case is ridiculous. Yeah, the RSPCA have. Is the biggest charity in the UK? They have the most donations. Millions of people donate their private money to them. They spent thousands. They must have really good commercials. They spent thousands. Well, it's called all BBC the, It's all the puppies something. and the kittens and like poor yeah. puppy. You Sarah know, Sarah
0: McLachlan is singing. We have, more yeah, than yeah.
2: any human charity, right? Which I find they're a bit crazy. Like I love mm. animals, but there's people dying as well. Yeah. Anyway, so they're spending thousands of people's donations money on lawyers to pin me down for this, and I'm like, really, like mm. really. Anyway. So it got to the point where I was asking all my friends, I didn't know what to do. Did you hire a lawyer? Yeah. Okay. I had to pay a lawyer. I got to the point where I was like, I don't need to fight this battle. I don't this isn't my I never set out to be an advocate for like the the right to eat goldfish. <laughs> so I just I just said out of court settlement, I was like, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not gonna do it again, right? They gave me an RSPCA caution. It wasn't a criminal thing, just a caution. So, like, for instance, if I if I then a caught again, like abusing a pet, then I actually get issued this warrant thing saying I can't own a pet. And then the police can confiscate me or whatever. So I was like, that was the, that was the thing I had to admit that I was wrong and there was no criminal thing filed or anything. And I was like, okay, look, let's but you didn't just... have to delete the videos. No, I didn't have to. And they said like making a public apology. And I think maybe I tweeted something, but it was. At this point, they were like, uh, no, I did, I did have to delete the goldfish one. Right? Okay, yeah. No, but at this point, some animal rights activist groups had gone online and they had gone onto my channel and just started flagging all the videos. So like eight of my videos got taken down the day after all the tabloids showed me online. So like a ton of people started. My channel actually got removed by YouTube because so many people flagging it. I went back to YouTube and I was like, hey, look, um, I don't agree with this. I don't think it's all wrong. Some of it was me drinking bottles of wasabi sauce, you know maybe the goldfish was too far but that's an opinion thing anyway it got my channel got put back up I snuck a couple of videos back on the same videos that got removed you know and it was all it all started going again and i was like i think i did a few more videos after that but at that point i was like and i think one of my friends said to me is this what you want to be remembered for is this your legacy in life is Hmm. this channel i'm like no it really isn't i'm not a, a psychopath (laughs) <laughs> um i'm not I like, know people are like yeah whatever like you're definitely a that. but i'm not I, and i just thought this is it was just a weird thing i was doing that kind of got way out of control but but the positives are that i'd met this youtube community i'd realized there's a bunch of different content online and i just thought i can do anything i want so i at that stage someone said why don't you just film your life and just what you get up to every day and adventures stop eating crazy things and then that's what i started doing at the end of 2000 and Twelve, maybe, and but it wasn't
1: a guarantee that it was going to work. Might not
2: have worked. I think. I think. I just. I started a brand new channel. Didn't even really push people over from. I. I think. From I, scratch. Yeah, I. I probably had four hundred thousand subscribers on Food for Louis, and I just from scratch started again. Didn't even really push my subscriber base over because those people didn't care about me. They were like, "That's that weird guy eating weird stuff mm-hmm. again." Mm-hmm. They weren't like, "Oh, we love you, Louis." Right. So then I started from scratch, got my YouTube buddies that I knew in the community to help me uh, and just built the channel from scratch again, started the daily videos, took my double decker bus on a tour around the UK. Um, and at this stage, this is where the transition was going back to the start. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pause on the bus stuff, the, the working with gangs and all that, um, go on a little tour and then go and spend some time in LA, came out here beginning the uh, end of 2012, I think. Um, and then it just all took off from there, met, cool people started having cool adventures documenting it all uh and now i'm here with much much bigger channel i, I surpassed my channel quite quickly right. um and now i'm occasionally recognized as food for louis but now i've really have like re rebranded redefined who i am online um and it's a bit of a mad story of how i got here really. right well in, in, at this point with it
0: being you know, you you said okay. I, I, you, when you started with the double decker bus, you kind of mm. took it on a tour. But at this point, it's just one adventure after another. Is 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 what it seems like? And is it now the adventures are for the purpose of the exhibition? Right? They're they're so people can see it. So now it's just not. Is it? Is it like, I've got to plan the next adventure because I'm going to continue to bring people along for the ride? Is that sort of how it works?
2: Well, yeah, this is the interesting thing. So now I'm like, I can fall into this trap of like, I need to keep having adventures so people keep watching. Or I can be like, look, people are invested in me, whether I'm jumping off cliffs or, you know, you know, doing adventurous things or just being me. So I really want to be doing the things that i care about and want to do and the world changing projects and and then i think i will naturally just be doing that in an adventurous way anyway and let me let's qualify the the
1: word adventurous here because okay what what's the new equivalent to eating the scorpion and the tarantula because what's the craziest thing that you've done in your in your
2: fun for Louis adventures, well, this just to quite qualify that this the connection here, and it goes back to what we were saying before: is it's about facing fears, right? Mm-hmm. So that was all about me facing fears. Every, every time I had a new challenge, it was like, can I do this? Sometimes it's the fear of it's going to bite my mouth, or sometimes it's the fear of like this is going to taste, this is going to be the worst tasting thing I've ever eaten. Um, and now, in in my traveling and adventures, um, it's not. I mean. What's rivaled that? Like, it- What has rivaled that? I mean, there's been some kind of adrenaline-style things, sporty things that have been scary, like, you know, jumping waves on this motorboat, uh, on this, like, f- high-powered engine boat in South Africa, and there's, like, sharks in the water, and there's, like, crazy high waves, and like, I didn't have a life jacket on. I remember that's probably the most scared I've been uh, on an on a f- activity thing. But I think sometimes um, it's... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It comes back to what what are my fears right now? Um, I think sometimes the things I'm doing aren't necessarily my greatest fears, but they are things that people typically can be scared of, right? So going to new places, connecting with people and making friends, um, just doing things day to day that's slightly, typically slightly outside people's comfort zones. So um, hopefully being like, well, you know, I can do this, guys. And, and also show, showing that it's not as scary as they think. So a lot of fear is in our mind. It's not, things aren't black and white. This is a scary thing you should be afraid of. I mean, there's some basics, human fears, which are good. But a lot of it is just in your mind. Like, and if I can show people just, this is, e- you can do this. Like, it's easy to do this. Um, it can encourage people to do what, it. You know?
1: what, what do you think it's, what, what's one of the coolest things you've done? Like, it stands out in your mind. Like, you kind of go back there in your own memory, whether you rewatch the video or not. Like, this was a surreal moment. Maybe it's this sunrise at this place. Maybe it's it's not jumping the wave with the sharks. It's yeah. not the
2: craziest thing. The coolest thing, the coolest thing I can think of this year was I went to uh, I've got a, a pilot friend and we ended up flying this two seater plane around Namibia in Southwest Africa and we went to this tribe called the Himba tribe and they were like this the most primitive people group I've ever met. They they were pretty much naked. They wear like clay in their hair and they. Um, they live in mud huts right and they speak this tribal language and they're just very it's just so basic and they just herd goats that's their thing and when you showed up what were they thinking well there's a there was a guide who um who translated a bit he grew up in the area but then had modernized his lifestyle right so he grew up in a similar as a kid in in super rural primitive then modernized gone to a school and like started wearing clothes and um, learn a so bit. So he brought you back. So he came back with us um, and this particular tribe had said, look, we're happy for tourists to come. And it's funny because they don't, they do not even really have a concept of money. They just said, bring us food. So you bring uh-huh. a, a big uh, bag of like um, maize and you give it to them and say, here's the maize. Can we just come and have a look around? It felt interesting because some of the people, there wasn't a bunch of tourists there, but at one point this German guy showed up with a camera and just, no real interaction with them, just taking photos, right? And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because it's amazing to us and we want to capture it and be like, look, look at these people. Like, But you would also don't want it to feel like a zoo like they're, yeah. you know. So I really wanted to inter- interact with them, engage, and I don't speak their language, but I was tr- trying to have fun and, they were showing me how to milk the goats, the kids were loving it. I actually ended up showing them an iPad I had in my bag with a photo booth with a thing that squashes your face. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and this photo actually this photo went viral on the internet recently as the best photo on the internet. And I of, and, of what? Of you or of, of, the kids? of these kids holding this iPad and all grinning and going crazy at was <laughs> Uh, so, so this day was incredible for me and i wanted to i wanted to stay there i was like can we stay here for a few days i want to like live like them i want to learn how so they we went we went for a few hours and we went b- back that night and they showed us how they cooked their food and i was like helping them cook their food and making a complete mess of it and they it, they were just so happy so content had no material possessions uh, apart from a couple of them who actually had like nokia 3310 phones they didn't know how to text they just used them and they used to charge them down the road at a solar, pal- uh, solar panel, uh, but they had nothing out, <laughs> no clothes, but like a mobile phone hanging around their neck. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you put that? <laughs> around, they hung it around their yeah, neck. Yeah, hang around their neck, um, which is a kind of wild thing. So that, I think that stands out as like, it's a totally different culture. These people are content. They, they're not in the rat race. They're not, they don't care. The crazy thing is, the, there's the full option around them with other villages to modernise and they just don't want it. They're like, no, we love our we love our like traditions. And you It's have not the f- like they're oblivious to it. And uh-huh. they see the iPad and they're like, cool. And then they're like, um go and play with their goats as well. Like, do you know what it's not yeah. a thing. Like they don't want to be and what I loved is they didn't seem to want to chase after this these technical no this technology and this other stuff. They didn't have the fear of missing out? Yeah, I guess. They just <laughs> were so con- they just seemed so content. And and, um, and it, it was epitomized by this girl who was obviously thirsty, running around with this little cup and she just grabbed a goat and just milked the goat into she was tiny like five milked <laughs> the goat into a cup and they just walked off sipping the cup it. oh that I, was sounds like, amazing. Yeah. I was just like oh she's just chilling like just want a cup of milk yeah cool got Straight the milk the yeah i was just like she's just got everything she needs you know now you had the option to
1: stay there you had the inclination to spend more time with them but you didn't do it you could have
2: i could have there i could have they specifically at the time the got the men of the village were off herding some goats in another place and they said it might not be appropriate to stay just with all the women and children. Oh. But I would have. If the men had been there and it was cool, I would have changed plans and I would have slept there. I would have. Like, I, I was so fascinated by this culture. I was like, this, I, I'm willing to do this. You know, this is, I, I'm, I'd love to learn. And and also interact and have fun yeah. with them. It's not about like, oh, look at these weird people take photos and leave. Like, I'm like, let's, you know, you sh- and they, this girl was showing it, yeah. me how to make fire and everything. It was brilliant. I loved it. So, that anyway... I'm I'm babbling, but that's what that's what it was the the coolest time of in my vlog. That's second. pretty cool. Well, okay,
0: so in speaking of women, you just said you are mm-hmm. being uh, with women in a village. This kind of thing, living this life. Yeah. This has got to this is got to get the ladies a little excited. <laughs> What you you know, being, what do you mean? being like the, his audience being the most interesting man in the world, this is, uh, this, is this is sexy, you know <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna tell you something. My wife has a little bit of a crush on you. <laughs> and here's why. okay, she likes guys with dreads. She likes tall guys. I'm a tall guy, but yeah. I don't have dreads. right. Well, no. And uh, I remember the first time we we saw your your videos, and then you were going to be. I was like, "This is I I guarantee you, this is the kind of guy that my wife would would have a crush on."
1: So you showed the videos. You like served no, them we, up on a platter. M- no,
0: me and the boys were watching some of the crazy. The, my kids just absolutely loved the, the 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 food for Louis videos. Yeah, and. Uh, and I and, and it wasn't like she sought sought it out, but I was like, y, "This you like this guy, right? This guy's your type." And she she was like, mm, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> she
1: just owned it.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, uh, but I, I'm not threatened. I'm in a yeah, happy marriage, no, 14 cool. years and, yeah. and going. He's on. not nice. in
1: the same county as you most of his and, life.
0: P- well, and exactly, yeah. You're constantly the traveling the world, so she's well, she can't. This is the thing. <laughs> this yeah. is
2: the thing. Girls, I think my experiences and some of the comments from viewers, um, and well, it's not. The, the start is like most of my audience pulled in were like teenagers, right? Because a lot of my friends had their teenage audience. Right. So, and I'm, a, I'm old enough that they're not, it's a bit weird. I'm a little bit old, too old for them to have a real like obsession right. crush on like some of these young superstar YouTubers that are like, you know, the Justin Bieber style. Like. Right. So a lot of the interaction is you're cool and you're like an older brother kind of vibe. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I love that vibe. Like, you know, I can, I can inspire you guys. I can try and be a good role model. That's much better. So I'm not getting that same obsession. But then I do meet a lot of people a little bit older that are like, yeah, they might have, they might have, And what I, what I have gathered is the, my lifestyle is very like a romantic idea. I just, I don't, I just travel the world, have fun. Exactly. But the reality is there's no security in that. I don't know what I'm doing day to day often. I'm completely erratic. There's not much structure That when you start breaking it down and start thinking about it, not many people want to live how I do. And it sounds romantic. It's like, oh, you live the best life. I wish I could live like you. I don't think everyone's built for it. I honestly don't. I, I think a lot of people need like a bit of, a bit of like that. They want the home. They want somewhere they can just, you know, I'm home, you know, they want that, that comfort. I'm built differently. I'm wired differently. I, I don't need that. And I, I I think when people might initially be, find this, i this concept romantic, but the amount of people that step in and be like, oh, yeah, I want to, I want to do that, everything. And really, when they think through it, I'm going right, to move out. and. Be- what well, has that happened, though?
0: Have you, have you, have you been in
2: relationships that uh, were stressed because of your lifestyle? Uh, before YouTube, yeah, I was always, I was, I've always loved traveling. And I, I didn't see eye to eye with one of my ex-girlfriends. And she was like, uh, she's like, I don't like it when you travel. And I was like, But I love traveling. <laughs> and I was like, come with me. And then she didn't want to. And I was just like, like this isn't. I don't, she I was gone. Yeah, she was it, just, out. it just didn't work. So, what about now? What's your love life like? I don't talk about <laughs> that, uh, but um, let's talk about more vaguely. Like, I, I think if <laughs> let's if it, keep it vague. If why, the why vague not? thing is, if, 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 if I was to, uh, I just you know a lot of viewers speculate. I hang out with a lot of cool girls on my channel, right? And everyone's always speculating who am I in a romantic thing with. I at this stage I don't want to like. Um, talk about that but um all I will say is like I think at the moment in my life the only way a relationship of any sort could work is if I was traveling more often with someone that they had a more nomadic approach to life I would never be a fan of like like a long distance thing where I had to go back to somewhere to see that person so I think that's always been the thing I've thought I thought well I've adopted a lifestyle which creates me it means that meeting someone and being able to start and sustain a relationship is really hard really tough i'm like i'm setting the bar really high like i'm Mm -hmm. saying i don't live anywhere i travel the world and i feel my life every second of every day like it's all it's quite a lot to yeah suddenly if someone's like you know oh i want to be with you i mean there's a lot that comes with that there's a lot of yeah conditions you know and also then i'm like you know how far if i just fell head head over heels in love with someone what would i sacrifice because the reality is and i've seen it around like daily vlogging isn't great isn't always conducive with like a healthy relationship that where you've got mm-hmm. where you've got like a marriage and you start thinking about a family and stuff some some people have done it there's channels where, you know there's there's families that do it but i don't know i don't know that's all future stuff i'd need to think through but it's uh, it's much it, the whole thing works a lot easier with this concept of oh, i'm just me i'm louis i'm single and i'm just doing my thing and i don't need to i don't need to worry about like someone else's decisions and it all
0: well, I think it's going to be it. You know, my prediction is there would be a magical moment at some point in the future. You'll be, you know, somewhere in a savanna, like riding on the back of a lion, and you'll come up on this, <laughs> oh, like this beautiful, like this. beautiful woman, like drinking directly from a, you know, zebra, tea. a buffalo, yeah. And or yeah, let's just say a zebra drinking directly from a zebra, and you'll lock eyes, and it'll be like, <laughs> "Well, I'm riding past <laughs> the lion." I'm like, <laughs> yeah, hey. "Yeah." And then she'll be like, "I'll get on that lion with you." Yeah, you're or, gonna have to find get under the zebra. With her. Either way, yeah, it's it, it, <laughs> you're gonna be going the same direction, and it, you know, and better yet, she's gonna already be vlogging it. You know, yeah, will yeah, exactly. She'll yeah. be down there next to the zebra teat with a camera on herself. Yeah, and you'll be like, "You understand me? Let's make this happen." <laughs> so, ladies, if you're out there and you're currently suckling a zebra. <laughs> And, and filming it, then uh, we've got the man for you. Ladies, like there's multiple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> that, All their that. heads popped up at once, like. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this has been fun, man. Yeah. This is, I think
1: this this may be one of my favorite biscuits ever made. We
0: need to plan an adventure together is what we need to do, I'm, because so up for that. Our, our adventures have to be very well planned in advance. Mm. but uh, I didn't even tell you about this, you may have seen the email, but I met a guy yet last night, you may have seen that weird email that came in from Australia. This guy was like an adventure planner dude in Australia for years and I was telling about one of our dreams is to do some off-roading and surfing combo thing mm. and like, Australia. He was like, "Oh, I know all the people to hook you up well, with." Don't
1: be talking about it in front of Louis, because then he's gonna do it. No, but he's we, we, we do oh, it God, together. Let's do it together. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll invite him. Yeah. Okay. He's still here. He's yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. It is. Do it. All right. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, man.
2: This is great. <laughs> really fun. Really yeah. fun. All right.
1: And there you have it, our conversation with Louie. We had a lot of fun with Louie. I was gonna make a play on his channel name, which is fun for Louie. We didn't have fun for him. We had fun with him in the conversation. Let him know what you think uh, by tweeting at him. His handle is fun for Louie. Use hashtag EarBiscuits, y'all. Tweet at that guy.
0: It is definitely difficult to have a conversation with a guy like this and not think, man, I need to get out more, which I think is, you know, um, a good thing. It's a good thing because we should get out more. We should, I'm not necessarily saying that we should be eating any uh, live stuff or we should necessarily be buying double-decker buses even though uh, all, that's ex- all that's exciting. Well, he does neither of those anymore <clears throat> in fairness. So. Right, but this whole idea of uh, squeezing all of the excitement and experience out of life in as many places as you can, that's something that uh, I'm gonna try to make happen just in my commute uh, well, yeah, that's in the Southern what, California area. That's, that's as what far I as was, I get.
1: That's exactly what I was gonna say was, it's not like you've got to like dive into the Amazon to, to experience life. I think the challenge for us is within the parameters of the life that that is ours that we have, you know, with our wives, with our kids, with our friends, with our coworkers, um, within the context of commuting, finding a way to squeeze the the realness out of it. Live yeah. in that moment. Yeah,
0: and there is something that we can both begin doing right now that doesn't require travel. We could grow dreads. I just started, could you tell? No, you didn't wash your hair today? I did, but
1: I just started. I didn't wash it right right now again.
0: Okay, so that's it. Uh, we're you don't not- don't wash dreads? We're not gonna, I uh, well. It's it's a complicated process. Just wiki it, man. Okay. It involves washing and not washing. It's, it, you can't just put shampoo, normal shampoo and put your hands in there and separate your hairs because then you can't make dreads. You have to let them lock up. And then once they lock, there is a way to wash them, but it's not a traditional way. And But we're not gonna talk about that because that's gonna be wiki <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, right. Okay, uh,
1: that, that's also your assignment. Uh, start growing your dreads and experience life to the fullest, um, those things are You don't have to do both, you can choose one or the other. But they are mutually exclusive. (laughs) No, they're not. And we'll talk at you next week, guys.